Hello and welcome to another episode of the Making It in Nashville podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast where each week we sit down with a Nashville local. We ask them what they are making and how they are making it. This is a very special uh, season focused entirely on e-commerce businesses, retailers, sellers of things and stuff. Um, and in this episode, we're joined by a very special guest with a very cool or hot product, depending on what you put in it and what you care about. Uh, Brandage of Pirani is here to talk about all things e-commerce and business. Welcome to the podcast, Brandage. Thank you so much. I'm pretty excited to be here. This is a pretty beautiful setup you guys got well, going on, and thanks for having us. Thank you so much, and thank you to the sponsor, Ernest Co-Warehousing, who um, kind of is hosting us here today. But the the real cool thing and the real beautiful space are these... Uh, tumblers that I keep seeing all over Asheville. If you could, like in, I'll call it like a tweetable, tell us a little bit about what Pirani's up to today, and then we can go back and kind of flush out the whole story and yeah. talk about the future. Sure. So we are, I'm excited by the way that you said that you see our product all over Asheville all because over. a year ago we had a goal to kind of become an Asheville brand. And I put air quotes not because we're not an Asheville brand, but because it's something that we were trying to achieve. And I think we're you're, getting you're close, close there. You're not already there. Yeah. I mean, so originally founded in Florida. In Fort Lauderdale, yep. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. You've been here over a year or did you so, about a Yeah, year? so we, we moved here almost exactly three years ago. Oh, wow. And about 2021, January is kind of when we more or less went full-time with Pirani. I mean, we were full-time with it, but that's really when we took off. And so then we spent a year without being in the community in Asheville. Mm. And then we got connected. And since we've been connected, it's been, I don't know, 16 months. And yeah. it's been really, really helpful for sure. Well, it's working. Talk quickly about primarily the the flagship products. What are we thinking about when we think about Pirani? Yeah. So our first product, imagine a yellow, uh, Yeti and a red solo cup had a baby. That's kind of like the easiest way for me to sh spell it out, you know? Um, so Great. we don't have a red product with us on camera, but um, our original was the red solo cup look. Great point. If you're not watching on YouTube, we welcome you to join us on YouTube. Podcast is great. Um, but this in red would look almost identical to a red solo cup. Exactly. Much yeah. heavier. Um and it, but even the line markings when exactly. you think Solo as the brand, which all these years later, you after learned. doing a little <laughs> bit of homework on Pirani, talk to us about what those lines mean. Yeah. So those lines are standard measurement lines. So it's one, two, five, eight, twelve, and then to the top of the cup is sixteen ounces. So yep. <laughs> and who would have guessed all these years later that I thought those were just for grip? <laughs> yeah. No, I I when we started the company, yeah. I did a bunch of research and Ended up, yeah, obviously learning at the same time, I think, uh -huh. when I launched a company. So, or when me and my wife launched a company. So, um, amazing. You, you asked, so what we're doing, I was just going to say, so we're, we got our hands on a lot of things right now. Um, I actually just got back from a music festival that we vended at. Uh, and I say vended, we actually sold, you know, like 800 cups to the festival and then they gave them out to their VIP. Um, we got that contract through a partnership with Live Nation. So mm -hmm. we actually have deals with Live Nation right now, which is great. Um, we've got another concert that we're doing in October. Um, we did four, four other concerts earlier this year and that's 
one portion of our business. I mean, that's a small, I say small, that's like a small to medium part of our business right now. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. I remember seeing on social media your um, Shania Twain holding one yep. of the Pirani <laughs> uh, tumblers on stage and thinking, wow. Yep. We had uh, Miranda Lambert also. She was making mixed drinks on stage <laughs> in Virginia Beach, which was pretty pretty exciting too, for sure. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and and so then we also sell to retail stores. So mm -hmm. we have, I think we're at almost 600 retail stores that sell our product. Uh, mostly Southeast, Midwest. We don't have much on the West Coast yet. Um, and then on our website, of course, that's about... 10 to 15% of our business as well. Interesting. Yeah. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I assumed that uh, direct retail from your website wouldn't have been maybe more than half the business at this point, but wholesale, definitely a, the lion's share. And then these big Big. events yep. as a uh, big part as well. Yep. And then we do a ton of promotional products. So if attorney wants to order something for their employees, mm -hmm. we do a lot of stuff like that as well. So and that's kind of where I've seen you in Asheville so far. I mean, retail, sure. Yep. But also um, like I have sort of duct taped this glass, uh, this tumbler to become a making it in Asheville like plus it. sticker uh, <laughs> version, but you do offer, offer uh, yeah. like leather, uh, I'm saying leather, laser. laser engraving. Yep. So we, but we also, so we do it two different ways. So like we also sell to retail stores. Mm -hmm. So like we sell to Mass General or not Mass General, they, they, um, we do sell there, but we sell to the Biltmore. Mm -hmm. And so like Biltmore has custom branded Biltmore tumblers. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, so we have bunch of different channels. We're going to start going, expanding into a few other channels, probably in January. Um, but that's kind of the majority of where our business comes from right now. Very interesting. Very exciting. I, there's a million directions that I want to take us, uh, where I'll start is maybe we go back to the idea, right? Cause there's a couple things about your specific Tumblr and product that I particularly like. Yep. Um, and I imagine most people do, uh, two of them and they're kind of top when I think of what you're marketing about the product looks like they're, they're right there. Uh, one stackable. Yep. Right. So sure. like a red solo cup, they fit inside of each other. Yep. Exactly. Which is kind of a duh. Like, <laughs> like why, a duh. why haven't this been, I don't, why hasn't this been a thing? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, so that's one of our big selling points for sure. Something that we only recently, probably within the past like two, three months, we kind of noticed is our cup, when you're using it, it doesn't feel like a vacuum insulated cup. Hmm. It just feels like a cup. So it doesn't, it's not thick. We've always said that it's, you know, really thin walls, but we've, but explaining it that way, saying it just feels like a cup. Like you don't, you don't pick it up and say, oh, this is a vacuum insulated tumbler. You just say, mm -hmm. this is just a cup. Mm -hmm. um, so they're a lot lighter weight, a lot thinner walls, but they still do keep your drinks cold for 12 hours, hot for six hours. Mm -hmm. So that's another big, and that one is a little harder. So like we just started doing some social media advertising, which we haven't yeah. done in like two years. And one of the big selling things is the stackability because that's easy. Like you look at it and you say it's stackable. Yeah. No one needs to think about it. What is it? What does it mean? It's, sta yeah. it's stackable. You and, it. and I get your ads. I'm, I'm, I've oh. been tagged. I've oh, been, no. you have, <laughs> sorry. you've tagged me somehow, which is great. And you know, visually you can say it and it makes sense, but then visually yep. when you see someone's, uh, Cupboard, know, be converted. cupboard that looks like mine does, if I'm yep. being honest, uh, <laughs> with just tons and tons of 
individual glasses all near each other, a couple of Yetis, a couple of these, a couple of those. Yep. Um, and then you know, the before and after and the resolution of like, ah, uh, yeah. like there's eight yep. glasses stacked. It's clean. It's simple. There's so much more space. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so that's a super easy one for people to understand. Some of the other things like the lightweight, it's harder to sell that because you don't like look at it. That needs to be tangible. You need it in your hand. So um, we get, I think, 30% of our customers on our website are repeat customers mm-hmm. because they buy one, they love it, they buy another one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I get that. The other thing is the fit on your lid is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like the tolerance, like you have to, it has to be open to put it on. It does, yeah. So we actually have, there's a couple features around the lip of the cup that we have that are patent patented right now so that's one of the things that we have protected as well so ha yeah so okay so those two things uh, i'm flagging as great concepts seemingly wonderfully executed right it's one thing to go all right i got an idea we're gonna do a red solo cup times a yeti and it's gonna be this cool thing and you know lid sort of sucks so let's make the lid somehow better um what next, right? This is one thing to have it on, you know, be at a bar, write it on a napkin, have this dream. What happened next? Yeah, so we are, we're, like I mentioned, we're from Fort Lauderdale. Um, and so me and my wife lived a block away from the beach. Um, it's actually a town called Lauderdale by the sea. And every day we would go to the beach, I mean, every day we would go to the beach regardless because it was a block away. Um, but it was very, very common for us to see litter. You know, yeah. people come in, they party. A lot of the time they were from out of town and they don't really understand how beaches work, I guess. I don't know. Um, a lot of spring breakers. It was really bad then. Um, and so we w- would often do cleanups on our beach and we would always see red solo cups. Mm. And so at the same time, I was working for a company. Uh, I, I used to work for Mr. Coffee and Crockpot designing products. And then when I was living a block from the beach, I was working for a company that manufactured scientific equipment. Um, and so I was learning... I mean, I was learning all kinds of stuff, but one of the things I was learning a lot about was vacuum insulation. And so randomly at the time, the company we that I was working for, they were using these big glass doers, which a doer is just a fancy version of an insulated tumbler. Um, and they would use it to hold liquid nitrogen, but they had like 30% of the products that they would ship to customers would break because it was glass. Yeah. And so I was like, why don't we switch to stainless steel? And they're like, oh, well, how does it work? And so I started playing around and then my head said, hey, we see all this trash. I should make my own version that would be a vacuum. So I got it. I I ordered a sample from the factory. I ended up paying for the tooling. Um, And at first my wife was like, I don't understand. I fought really, really hard. And so for those of you that can't see because you are listening only, there's a rolled lip. Mm. So I wanted that rolled lip because that's what red solo cups have. They do. They have if it. you yeah. don't have a red solo cup with a rolled lip, then I don't know what the heck you it's have. A, it's a knockoff. <laughs> it's some, yeah. some, some, some store brand. Yeah, it's not plastic good. cup. And so I fought really, really, really hard for the factory to manufacture that. And hmm. and so my wife was like, what does it matter? Who cares? No one has it. So we were using Hydroflask at the time. They have non No one had a rolled lip. And so I fought, I fought, I fought. I finally got it. We got the sample in. And within two days, my wife's like, I get it. <laughs> and so she's been on board literally since day two with the product, of course. Um, and so, yeah. So, and then we launched on Kickstarter. Uh, we spent about a month and a half kind of building the Kickstarter campaign, yeah. video, all that stuff. Um, neither of us have ever done anything 
like it. Like it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, my background's design. Her background was design and she used to work for Royal Caribbean. So design and project management. And somehow we went from that to running a business. Wow. And Kickstarter was a good way to do it. It was definitely chaotic because we had no idea what the heck we were doing. Um, we didn't know for the first like two years really, but <laughs> we got it now. So yeah. we kind of have it under control. So I want to double click on a couple of the things yeah. immediately. Uh, having a concept. So you're already set up to know how to build something like this in whatever program CAD, yep. right? Something like it. Um, I had two 3D printers at the time. So I like before we started Pirani, I've had 3D, I've built 3D printers of my own for, I don't know, I've been 3D printing stuff for like 20 years, 15 years. So, yeah. So Wow. <laughs> okay. So sort of a perfect storm. You're not yeah. just some Joe Schmo off the no. street with a concept. Exactly. Yeah. If you were to try and explain as, you know, at a high, high level to how to take a concept and try and find, like you already had a factory, I imagine, due to the relationships and past businesses, like how, where would one go to try and make something out of steel? Or so this is stainless steel. It's stainless steel, yeah. 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 So I, I actually didn't have connections with okay. factories. Um, and that was, believe it or not, a challenge because um, when you work at a company like Mr. Coffee, yeah. you're one small segment of a very large moving piece. Yeah. And so when they said, Bronner J. Pierce, you are an industrial designer at Mr. Coffee, that's what I am. Yeah. And so we had a sourcing person we had no we didn't we had a sourcing team, team. Yeah. we had an auditing team for the factory like there was seven layers between me and the factory mm -hmm. and and actually I, I mean i communicate with the factory every day when i was there but there were seven layers between me designing a product mm -hmm. and it getting manufactured so i worked with them once the factory was established and all that and that's fine that's easy um so i had a lot of challenges our first two and a half three three years we were working with one factory and i mean there were hundreds of times that it almost put us out of business because like there was so during covid and i get covid made some challenges but there was a time i put a purchase order in with our factory and it should be 45 days from purchase order to ship hmm. we didn't get the product i put it in i think maybe august and i got the product in february holy smokes yeah yeah. Um, and so we, we, at that time, I actually was already working with another factory, but they weren't up and running. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it was challenging. But what, what, one of the things I always tell everyone that's interesting is know what you're good at, right? So my background is industrial design. So I'm good at industrial design. We have done graphic design and branding for a long time. So we were really good at that. And that's good to get the company where it was. Unfortunately, we did have to learn every single thing the hard way so neither of us have ever worked in sales mm. and sales are very important for mm. a business <laughs> and so i always tell people if if you're not an industrial designer and you have an idea you can spend 200 hours learning how to 3d model poorly poorly <laughs> i've been doing it for 15 years 3d sure. modeling so um, you could learn how to 3d model to get your product point across or you could just put it on a fingernail sketch and find someone and pay them, I don't know, 500 bucks to bring it to realization. And it's a way better use of money. Hmm. And so like I did all of our Shopify development when we first started and albeit I still understand how it works. And I, I do a fair amount of coding myself now. I mean, let me rephrase that. I am dangerous enough with coding to get things done and understand what's happening. 
but I'm not going to write code anymore. And I wish I knew that back then as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I always tell people know what you're good at and leverage that the best. And when you first start, you got to do, you need to be multiverse in as much as you can. Like, don't just say, oh, I am a, I don't know, email graphic designer. That's, you're not going to start a company. (laughs) (laughs) So do as much as you can, of course, but like, if you are a CPA and you've never opened up a 3D program, maybe that's not the time to open a program. Just let someone else who's really good at it do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that that makes a lot of sense to me when thinking about uh, building a specifically a product, right? So you find a factory. I imagine yours is overseas. It is, that yeah. time, time So of- all vacuum insulated tumblers are made within a 50-mile radius in China, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. crazy. Okay. So, um, do you have any, like, I mean, I guess this could be at the end of the episode with fear-based stuff and what the future holds. Like, are there other vacuum tumblers that have this aesthetic today that, like, alarm you? Or is this not that crazy? So, yes and no. I'll, I'll go into a little bit of detail. So, there, when we launched on Kickstarter, Kickstarter's a great platform. Yeah, and notorious quick copies notorious. That, make, that make it to market sometimes, often before yeah, the actual... Yeah, yeah product. And so there was this one company, am I supposed to call people out or not call people out? You're welcome to. I don't, yeah. I don't know if they'll listen. Are uh, they local? No, <laughs> okay. they're not local. They're in, I don't know, yes. Oregon or something. Yeah, Spokane. Um, Let's go for them. Yeah. Go for the throat. <laughs> <laughs> so their company is called Wild Gear and that's what they do. They're knockoffs. So mm. like, if you go to their website, they launched their product four months after we launched our products. So that means they saw our Kickstarter. Um, theirs doesn't have a good rolled lip. They basically did it the cheapest way possible, the mm-hmm. easiest way possible. Their product just doesn't feel, long story short, sure. they, they, it's, it's not, it, I wouldn't be happy with it as a cust, as a designer. Um, and so we saw that, but we didn't find out about them until probably almost a year after we launched. Mm. And someone tagged us on social media and said, I love wild gear so much better. And I was like, what the hell? And we found it. And we, me and my wife went crazy. We we're like, what the heck's going on? Oh my God. Someone, and then we found out. And then at the time, you know, when you, this was, this was, you know, still before we were, I mean, we're not a big company, we're a small company, but yeah. we were a much smaller company. We were like, we're going to go out of business. So I don't know. And now there's another company that kind of copied us who probably will have a bigger impact on our business. It affects my wife a lot more than me. Yeah. I am very much in the lane of move fast and break things. Do our thing. Do our thing. I mean, be aware of our competition and try to mitigate as much as you can. Mm-hmm. So like we have a new product launching in October, patent application is already filed. It's gonna be hard for someone to do too much. Um, it's a pretty cool product. I have another product that I'm gonna launch. I mean, this is probably like two years. I'm gonna put the patent application in, I mean, in the next six months because mm. there's no reason not to. So I th- th- there's two different business models. Some people don't care about patents and they don't do anything. Yeah. And some people do. And I'm I'm a bigger advocate. Some of it's worthless because some of it's hard to defend, but it's still good to have as much protection as you can. Sure. So, yeah. Especially, I mean, we've... Uh... Hello, are you watching on YouTube, listening on your favorite podcast player? If you're not on YouTube, perhaps consider it because behind us, you would notice that we are in an absolutely beautiful space and that space is our season sponsor, Ernest Ready Made Warehousing. And so if you're not familiar with Ernest, uh, it is fantastic. I am joined here by my wife, Sarah Ubertaccio, founder hey. of QB Cucina, and one of Ernest's newest clients. 
Yeah, excited to be back on the podcast. Great to have you back. Episode 110, if you haven't listened before. But what we want to talk about today is why you chose Ernest and what makes Ernest stand out, let's say, compared to uh, finding a new office space in town to fulfill from. As a very high level, Ernest is a 30,000 square foot facility on Sweeten Creek, just south of Asheville. Huge facility, beautiful facility. Uh, why did you choose to go with Ernest instead of any other place in Asheville? Yeah, well, I have a small growing business, e-commerce. We sell pasta tools and Italian kitchenware. And we currently outgrew the space that we were in and really needed um, a different kind of space. And so I love Ernest. I love the fact that uh, as we grow, Ernest can scale with us. So they have different sized co-warehousing spaces. Um, so if we, if we grow bigger, we can just quickly move over to a different space within the same building, which is a really huge time saver. I also really love that they have daily, sometimes multiple times a day, um, pickups from UPS, FedEx, and USPS. So we don't have to worry about packages getting lost or stolen, and our team doesn't have to drop them off at the post office. And it just saves us all a bunch of time and headache. Um, and also they have temperature controlled rooms, which for a business like us, we, one of our products is pasta flour. It's really sensitive to temperature. It's really, really important for us to make sure that our products are secure and not, um, not getting damaged while they're being stored in our warehouse. Um, and I love all the other amenities. I love they have a photography studio so we can quickly photograph our products. They have a full break room. Um, they have co-working space that we're able to use for our meetings with team members and other people um, that may come to, to see us. And then just the sense of community being around other uh, small businesses is something that we currently don't have. And I'm really, really looking forward to, to connecting with others here. I love that. EarnestReady.com if you've not uh, visited that before. Or you can check out makingitinashville.com forward slash Ernest. And we have a bunch of information about the partnership we've built for this season, as well as some perhaps special discounts and incentives. If you happen to be a e-commerce business or the right fit for Ernest, you should definitely check out makingitinashville.com forward slash Ernest. E-R-N-E-S-T. And back to the episode. We, in pre-conversation... Uh, noted that you know a shark tank type uh situation was on the horizon or was in the con in consideration yeah and so uh there's at least one shark who always asks do you have ip, a, IP? like yeah. is it defensible if not what's the point um and so in a lot of ways it it is as important as you yep. want it to be and especially if you're moving fast and saying like hey we're just gonna win and focus on what we can focus on yeah. Um, well, something that helps us. So do, doing both makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how, that's yeah. how I feel. Um, you know, Yeti and Ozark Trail mm -hmm. are the same product. Yeah. And no, that's not true. Yeti and Ozark Trail are the same physical product, but one has a brand behind it. Exactly. And that brand's worth $6 billion. That's exactly And right. so our goal is to build our brand so that people know Pirani and people want Pirani and they'll pay for Pirani. Yeah. And so we've spent a lot of time working really hard, you know, these music festivals we work with, we do sponsorships with them. Um, we, you know, every, so, so one thing that we're really, really passionate about is we will never do white label. You know, what white label. Mm -hmm. Okay. But talk about so, it. So, so for the audience, um, there's a difference between like co-branding and white labeling. Co-branding is our logo is on the cup at all times. And then potentially, you know, Nike, well, actually North Face ordered some, so I'll go North Face. <laughs> yeah, so North Face will order, you know, 
500 cups. So it'll say Pirani on one side, on the bottom it'll say Pirani, the box will say Pirani, but it is a co-branded with North Face. And so that's one way. The other way is they just reach out and they say, hey, I just want a cup that says North Face, I don't want it to say Pirani. And the problem with that is you lose all branding. So we'll never do that. I mean, we've been approached by some really, really like, I mean, we, we've had probably some couple hundred thousand dollar purchase orders be dangled in front of our face. And we're like, it, I mean, sure, it's great because we get a little money, but then what happens after that? So we've always said no and always been very, very passionate to make sure we only do co-branding with people. So, yeah. I love that as a, as a strategy. I think that that yeah. makes a lot of sense. And, you know, there are, uh, you know, Ben don't break kind of situations where it's like, hey, listen, like, We'll do some of this at a discount. We'll do this at like better yep. than normal margins. We understand that you guys are North Face. Yep. Um, and so that's not lost on us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not lost on us, but that's yeah. not. We have we one customer. Do, do you know uh, RV Share? Yeah. So they own, I don't know. It's huge. They're huge. Huge. So they want to order. And we reached out to them yeah. and they don't really have a reason to put Pirani in other than it makes their customer. But they're not a cup rental right so my goal was to like outfit their product there and so they said well you could either white label them for this price or you can sell them to us branded for this price and i was like man that's a big difference in price but i was like <laughs> yeah. then there's no equity there's no reason for us doing it so yeah. we're opting to do so hopefully in the next i don't know eight months if you rent an rv yeah. it will have a pirani tumbler stack of four pirani tumblers in the rv so sick yeah <laughs> will they get to walk away with them no, so it's just like a rental package. That's kind of our plan. Yeah. So we, we do stuff like that where we, you know, if you own 20 Airbnbs, yeah. how do I outfit your Airbnb? That's And our goal is not necessarily to like make a ton of money. Sure. But just, just get, be everywhere. Just be everywhere. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Dang. Okay. <laughs> um, how did the Kickstarter go? I, rem I, I In doing homework, I've been on your Kickstarter page. I can't remember. I know it was funded. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the success of the kick Kickstarter? Yeah, so we were 400% funded. Um, I was, well, at the time I was like, we're going to do a million dollars because that's what you see. You know, yeah. Everyone everyone, everyone only sees the 0.1%. Um, and so I, I don't think I had realistic goals, yeah. but I was like, how do we get a million dollars? Sure. Anyways, um, no, we were, we were uh, $35,000, $33,000 funded. Great. Um, and the thing that's really exciting is last year, we did a kind of soft Kickstarter. We did it like in-house with our bigger Tumblr. Mm. We didn't make a video. We didn't do any ads. And but but pre-order type of pre-order. Yep, we did right. it on our website. So we did a pre-order on our website, and we did more on our website with the pre-order of the big cup with two emails, basically. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> and awesome. so we're we're at the the product that we're launching in October is going to be significantly different significant enough um and we're doing it the right way like we're making a video we're doing the ads we're doing the whole kit and caboodle so um we're setting a goal i think we're going to set the goal at like twenty five thousand dollars or something like that i'm hoping that we could do 250 or three hundred thousand dollars and i think we can like i think it's really um safe. help me understand some of your audience dynamics what what does your email list look like today so we sell to a lot of people in the Southeast. So a lot of retail stores. And one of the things that we do, we, we have a, a method to getting basically people for, for them to register that buy it in store. So we have a ton of people that have bought our product in stores. Um, 
every music festival we go to, we capture, I think it's 70% of all the emails of the people that got our product. No way. Yeah, and this year alone we sold. Through your register, the product? Uh, no, we, we do something different at the, the festivals. So we go there, we vend, and then we um, we have a method to basically get people to come to our booth. We work with the bars, things like that. And so uh, this... Oh, oh, I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> Are you open? To, is it like field proprietary or something? That it's you, not field proprietary. I, I, I mean, that 70% hit rate is exceptional in, for yeah. a person. So we basically sell the cups to the festivals yeah. for cost or close to cost and then they give us a free booth and then we give out free lids if they sign up on our email list (laughs) so that's that is a uh you know loss leader free with order free with purchase is a very common sales add-on that um yeah i've seen a lot of people do like end cap type stuff at whole foods you'll see sometimes promotions like you know, free with purchase, but yeah. you have to do something. Some third, something. Yep. Really smart. Cool. Yeah. So that's worked out I, I really that. well. Yeah. That's, and the cap, goodness gracious, best cap, <laughs> best cap in the game. That's uh, uh, not hyper hyperbolic yet. Like uh, these caps are so tight that with steamy hot coffee, sometimes the steamy hot can like push them off. Yeah. So we're that. So we, 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 one of the things that we're doing is like these two cups, this is our 16 and our 26 ounce. They share the same lid. Yeah. Our new product is going to share the same lid. And then one of the things that we're going to be doing in the next 12 months is we're actually going to come up with a series of different tops. So depending on what you're doing, all cups will fit the same top. All tops will fit the same cups. So you're not going to have 12 cups with 17 different lids. And so we're going to have it you know, very, very easy for people to say, I grab a cup and I grab a lid and I don't have to worry about it fitting. So cannot wait. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So list building is a thing that you've, you've been uh, proactive in and put a lot of consideration in, especially knowing that let's just say loosely 80% of the business is not from your website, which when people exactly. shop on the website, you have at least their transaction yes. based email address, yep. whether or not it's their, you know, AOL from a hundred years ago, it's, it is a way to get in contact. Yep. And we um, just started SMS too. So same thing. Smart. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so you've been accruing audience size from the beginning Kickstarter e-commerce and now these live events. Um, what do you use for, uh, wholesale retail? Is it just like, uh, register for warranty purposes that's kind of a common play we do free sticker um and we actually give out a wooden sticker so it's like i mean we we should test whether or not we need to give a wooden sticker or not but it's so so like everything that we do like a a perfect example like these music festivals we're going to be um we're doing another one in october i don't know if we'll have it by then but we're going to get a couple other accessories that we want to sell at these music festivals because Every single show we do, people ask us. As an example, like one of the accessories on the website is is like a so we sell handle. The, the handles. We, yeah. So uh, just but, giving people instead oh, okay. of tops, like yeah. here are some of the other accessories yeah. I've seen, is like a but we, kind of a lanyard based nylon string handle carry called the adventure handle. Yes, the adventure <laughs> handle. Awesome. Um, but we brought we we got some like custom made. I mean, like ten custom made Pirani branded sombrero hats, like like. They're called uh, lifeguard hats. Yeah. Um, and so I can order them very, very easily from a few factories. 
but the quality is garbage. Or maybe it's not garbage, but it's not up to our standards. And so even if it's something that's not a core part of our business, like we never, we make products that are meant to last forever. So mm. we're, you know, everything about our brand is encouraging sustainability, reducing single use impact. We're members of 1% for the planet, which means 1% of all of our sales are donated. Um, our goal is to make products that last. Mm. And so even things like the hat that we're making, I want it to last forever. And I know that's never going to happen because it's going to be made of straw, sure. but if it can last five years versus four five, weeks, five weeks, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. so that that's kind of our, our our hopes and dreams with anything that we do. So, I mean, I love that. Are you? Um, is there a future where you want to be a like a B Corp? We will. It's it's a hard it's a hard, hard process. Yeah. We're a real small company still. Um, we are. We've done a couple of the things. So like. We're Prop 65 compliant, which is, you know, something that we need, I'd imagine. Which, I, which to the listener, California Prop 65 stuff. Like, yeah. So all it is is basically saying, like California kind of dictates what your products are, what they have in them, what they don't have in them, if they basically pass or don't pass a safety. And it's probably more strict than things like even the FDA might have sure. or whatever. And so we, um, we have... Like we're working with Toyota, they order cups for, it's the Southeast Toyota division. Um, and so with you, when you start working with these bigger clients, mm-hmm. we, we've had conversations with Disney when, you know, we've had conversations with some big, big companies mm. and they are very, very strict about the social impact and yeah. regulations and certifications and things like that. So last year it was like 10 grand to get Prop 65 compliant and like oh my god we're gonna spend all this money what if we don't get a purchase order we we didn't get a specific purchase order from the customer but i mean it's paid over paid for itself and we're actually now that we're launching into california we have to be prop 65 anyway so yeah yeah wow well that's rad yeah and b corp is a uh very meaningful and arduous task of like it is being a benefit uh corp but one percent for the planet is also a stamp of uh, intentionality that is remarkable. It is. I, I think there's not enough people that probably understand yet the big benefits of one versus the other. Um, and I, I can share briefly, you know, certified B Corporation means you went through the ringer. Mm-hmm. You, you proved. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're giving back anything. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing, but it means that you are doing everything in your power. So like, things that they probably would try to ping us. So we don't use any plastic in any of our packaging. That's the kind of stuff that Certified B Corporation wants. You know, um, we try, we, we are very, very strict to air freight as few as possible because the carbon impact uh, the carbon impact of air freighting product versus shipping by boat is, I mean, it's probably a hundred times. And so if we are air freighting 90% of our product, our carbon imprint is massive. And so those are the kinds of things. And then there's, you know, supply chain that they go into. Whereas 1% of the planet, if you wanted, anyone can sign up in probably a week or two, and they basically just say, how much money are you going to give to nonprofits? And I mean, it's a great program. You know, something that most people don't understand, especially for smaller businesses, is 1% of sales. So last year, I think 1% of our sales equated to probably 30% of profits. Sure. 
So the smaller the business, the bigger the the number is, you know, but even like, I mean, a company that's doing a billion dollars, they're probably, if they were 1% from the planet, they're probably giving up 8% of their profit. Sure. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a lot of money to give up. So yeah. Uh, margins, especially in, in physical product, uh, yeah. especially in physical product that leans heavily into wholesale. Yes. Right. You have very little of a pie to start handing out yeah. to begin with. Yep. Um, so it's, that's not lost on me. And and also not lost on me is that half the process of becoming a certified B Corp is having the manpower to even go through the process yeah. of becoming a certified B Corp. And so a small team is not likely to be yeah. um, even capable of going through it. Whereas to your point, it's like, how much money did you make? Can you prove it? How much money did you donate? Can you prove it? Check, check, cool. Yeah. Uh, you get a stamp. And- and something that's also good is I encourage anybody that's starting a business and mm. they do want to do 1% for the planet, start it as soon as possible. Build it into the model. Because what happens is if you start a company today and in three years you're making money and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I want to be 1% for the planet. If you go from making you know, common companies make anywhere between 12 and 18% profit. So if you're making 12 to 18% profit, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I'm going to give away 5% of my profit. It's really, really hard to do that after you've launched. Whereas we were losing money the first two years and still getting away money. (laughs) So we've been 1% for the planet for, I think the first year we didn't just because we didn't really know. But I think year two on, We've been 1% for the planet. So even when we were losing money, we were yeah. part of our loss was donating money. Um, yeah. So I think it's really important if you do it. Whereas B, Certified B Corporation, it's just the time and the effort and the energy where it doesn't really affect the bottom line a ton. Or so it can, but it's it's through yes. a series of a ton of decisions that you've made. It's like, yes. I can use a plastic top here, but we're going to use whatever material this is, which is probably recyclable i have no idea um because it's a choice for quality and it's a choice for who the manufacturer is and it's just choice. and so you're making tons of little choices and defending them in what feels like a you know doctoral thesis right yeah, and have sure. people inspecting each and every choice and decision and how yeah. far is the manufacturer and why did you choose this one versus that one and i don't even know if that's actually the b core process but that's what i understand it to be it, yeah it's close so, so i think by the end of next year we'll be certified b corporation so yeah. we we have added a couple staff members this year um and next year we'll probably add probably five or six more yeah um and we were chatting earlier before we started streaming about yeah. how there's so many different things in the company that I don't even know about mm. because there's other people in the company. And so the more that happens, the more I'll be able to work on things like becoming a certified B corporation. And so I'm not going to worry about, Hey, did that order ship or what's, what's the customer want or did they get their return or did they get whatever? I don't, I don't, I'm going to try my best to deal with those types of things less mm and deal with the things like becoming a certified B Corporation, so. B Corp and sick product. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and my background is design and loving. So like, I mean, if we're at a trade show and we're slow for like five minutes, I'm like, all right, what am I gonna do? So I literally will start sketching ideas because I'm, you know, at the trade show, I just get, I get uh, inspired for sure, just sure. because so many products around and so many companies and customer feedback and everything like that. And so I definitely, 
I'll literally just sit and sketch. I sit and sketch all the time. If I'm on a plane and I'm like, all right, what, what are, I've thought about this random product. Like we went camping and I had a brilliant idea for a product that I'm going to launch in like two years. So yeah. <laughs> so I don't ever stop. <laughs> I can't wait to see these products. I mean, um, had you made anything else before this? Um, yeah, I mean... I mean, I, clearly Mr. Coffee and stuff. Yeah, like, I was going to say... I- individually, independently, like had you ever 3D printed something and sold it on you know, at, at farm, farmer's markets or whatever? No, I mean, every year I make Christmas ornaments. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> and so I've been doing that for, I don't know, five or six years. Okay. And I just do it for fan, friends and family. And every year in October, my friends and family start reaching out and they're like, what's this year's Christmas ornament? And I'm like, you got to wait. Yeah, you'll see. What about this? I'm like, leave me the F alone. <laughs> I'll make what I want. <laughs> okay, so what made this particular idea because it's clear that you you know if you've been playing with 3d printing for 20 years you've been making stuff uh what made this one feel so much more real so much more uh like necessary to go forward with so me and my wife when so she was working for royal caribbean i was working for mr coffee before we started pirani um we met in february and then in November of the same year, so 2013, we actually packed our bags and we went and traveled for a year and a half. Wow. And so we went all over the world and um, we had all these plans of different companies to start and ideas. And, you know, one of the things that was always part of our plan was doing something sustainable. Mm. And so, you know, we, we, when we got back, I started working at the, the science company and I always tinker, like I always, always tinker. So like I was learning electrical engineering, I actually built a full on product that we used in our bathroom for six months that eventually will launch that's a much 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 bigger project um are you familiar with lumi are you uh, familiar with pelicase yeah yeah so lumi and pelicase are kind of the equivalent of what pirani and our other product will be not not necessarily food related yeah. but like very very far reach but i actually built this six years ago 3d printed it and it's just a huge 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 undertaking so Anyways, um, so, so, you know, we've always wanted to start something. My wife was actually thinking about starting an eco-friendly um, swimsuit company. Hmm. And so I started asking her questions about, you know, everything, you know, because I was trying to help her. I've always been the one that helped source products. And she was like, nope, I don't really think I want to do this hmm. right now. And hmm. so I, at the same time, when she was thinking about doing that, that's when I got the samples made. Um, and I think I also never spent... A ton of money. What is it? What, how much do you think you invested in samples to just see it in your hand? So to get a physical sample, probably five grand okay. because there's tooling yeah. and then, you know, going through different factories and making, getting their physical samples. So anywhere between four and five grand. And then, yeah, so that, that was a, a, probably the most, I actually, before Pirani, I started a s- software company that never launched, um, it was a digital version of Ikea's instructions. Huh. Since Ikea's instructions are pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Ill- illustrations. Yeah, and they're not the, the best. Yeah. I actually, it was, it was called, um, it was called Constructit. I got a working prototype app. I, I spent about 10 grand actually doing that, but the developers couldn't get it where it needed huh. and they ended up refunding me all of my money but i did i paid 10 grand they got it 
70% the way there. And that last 30%, they just couldn't do what we needed. And so I just ended up calling it for now. But so that, yeah. We interrupt this episode with a horror story, an e-commerce horror story that my wife, Sarah Upertaccio, experienced. But I'm going to preface, she's not alone. You might be an e-commerce store owner. You might have a friend who's an e-commerce store owner. And uh, this story is universal, though specific. Sarah, please take it away. Yeah, well, I own a small business called QB Cucina, and we sell Italian pasta tools and kitchenware. And in our previous space where we were fulfilling from, one day my employee was packaging up a bunch of packages to ship via UPS, and UPS did not pick up from this location. And so she was going to package them up and take them out to the car and drive them to UPS. Well, it was raining a lot that day. As it tends to here in Asheville. Yes, as it tends to here in Asheville. And on her way, taking the dolly out to her car, uh, some packages just flew off the dolly were soaking wet she was soaking wet and then she had to repackage them like go back up to the office and repackage them because they were ruined and and couldn't be shipped out so yeah and uh a i'm so sorry to hear that story that's a heartbreaker now you don't have to worry about that happening anymore because you work at Ernest ready-made warehouse and they have daily pickups and deliveries from FedEx, UPS, and USPS. Yes, it's like it's like suddenly we have a valet and concierge at our fingertips, which is amazing. Um, they have daily pickups from from all the major shipping carriers, and they have a huge loading dock, so we can receive our shipments very easily, twenty four hours of the day, every day of the week, which is amazing. To learn more about Ernest Ready Made Warehouse, visit makingitinashville.com forward slash Ernest E R N E S T. We have uh, all sorts of information about this season, about our sponsor, Ernest, ready-made, and uh, offer a very special incentive for those of you who are small business owners in Asheville who could benefit from this facility. Back to the episode. You clearly have the stuff when it comes to making yes. a product. Yep. Transition, you're like, there's a million things that we haven't done before. It, it seemed to me that there had to have been some yeah, sort of yeah, playground yeah. of skill acquisition. Yep. Uh, at the very least adjacent to what's happening right now. Sure. Um, And boy, was I I right. So we've talked uh, briefly, but previously about uh, running ads. Uh, Was that your, that couldn't have been your first swing at ad running? Definitely not. Okay. I I want to say something that's kind of entertaining, by the way. So we've we've been uh, doing investor presentations. And one of the last slides is like your team. And so my slide and Danielle's slides say something clever to the extent of um, entrepreneurs since birth, because I sold grapefruits on the corner of the street when I was nine years old. And she sold these little bean pods that she painted when she was about the same age. So we've we've always had some sort of like entrepreneur spirit for yeah. sure. So I know that's very random, but no, anyways. I mean, it, and it, it, it's A, on brand and B, um, honestly, probably a really good indicator. Like when you think of or when I think of the stories that stand out about the, I want to say his name is Joe Gebbia, but like the found, one of the Airbnb founders is like, what things do they do to make a business work? How do they operate? How do they execute? And I can imagine that like, hey, saw this opportunity as a way to like capture what looked like a lot of the available value that the market had yep. so that the thing that we really cared about like could continue to grow um, sure. at whatever pace it required. 
uh, that's that's very compelling to me. And and that Airbnb example is like they sold um, presidential candidate uh, cereal concepts. Yeah, so like they, were run, they ran out of money and they were about to shut down and then they put like the rest of their 5,000, 10,000, 4,000, whatever it was into these cardboard boxes. They bought cereal from like stores, put the cereal into these cardboard boxes that were like, Obama O's and uh, I'm, th- but I know Obama O's was one of them, <laughs> uh, and then sold them via ads oh. and made a hundred grand and kept going, like yeah. kept the business going. So yeah. um, I see it as a awesome indicator for y'all. Um, yeah. That's well, great. well, well. It's funny. It's there's there's so many companies that at some point have been on the balls of their feet, and so of November of 2020, we had just made a whole lot of money personally from the, mm-hmm. and, and by the way, like the, our expenses were yeah, insane. No, yeah, there's no, <laughs> you're running, if that's, you know, ad based and yeah. you're buying the product and selling it. it like was, I know that that's, it, that it, top line is nothing. No. Yeah. In I mean, relation to it the basically product. gave us enough money to survive for two years, probably. Sure. Um, and so we just came off of this high of like, oh, wow, we got a bunch of money. And so Pirani at that point had been nothing but a thorn in our side. And what I mean by thorn in our side is like, we tried everything. We spent so much money on ads the first two years. We spent, we hired these ad agencies. We we spent money on SEO. We spent, like we did everything that we thought we possibly could. Mm. And so November of 2020, COVID just finished that company. Cause it was, we knew it was like a, a burn yeah. coming in and get out. So um, just finished that company. Pirani, I think that year made like $45,000 or something. Yeah. And so in November, I told Danielle, I was like, listen, if by March, we don't have something, by March of 2021, we don't have some sort of indicator that we should stay in business, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. And so January, we were driving back from South Florida. I think we, so we had just moved up here. So I think my car was still in South Florida, went and visited family for the holidays. We were driving back. And I was like, hey, I wonder if we should try to do this really big trade show that we had talked about doing the year before. And so, boy, am I glad we didn't do it the year before because that means January, we would have sold a ton of stuff. Mm. And in March, every single order would have been canceled because <laughs> true of COVID. So we never... And you'd have already made the purchase, like the you'd have made assumptions oh, yeah. on inventory. Oh, yeah. Needs so for January, the I would oh, my have, gosh. I would have went into debt to buy inventory. So I'm glad we didn't do the, the trade show. Well, anyway, so January of 2021, COVID's already in effect. No one's going to cancel orders because they know what's going on. And um, and so we were like, yeah, let's try. So we're driving back from Fort Lauderdale. We called the trade show people, normally a $5,000 booth. They were begging basically for people to come. So they think they give it to us for like $1,300 or $1,700, whatever it was. And we're like, all right, let's just you know take a chance. We didn't have a booth. We got home, I don't know, Monday, Friday was the start of the show. So we literally built a booth out of our TV from our house, shelves that we had that we went and got painted. We went and made like pallet walls and we went there. And then this was what kept us in business. Within the five day show, we did half of our sales from the year before in five days. And so, yeah, so we had definitely been in positions where we're like, let's let's give up. This is Mm -hmm. too much. So, yeah. Dang. Yeah. Dang. Okay. So ads, it wasn't your first time running ads when you ran ads for this uh, ultraviolet fog concept. Uh, When thinking about growth strategies, you have, you know, cold email outreach and you point back to the website, say, here's what we do. Here's what we've done. You've seen this, 
you can look, see us in the wild. Um, advertising, you had less success than oh I guess God. for that in the past, uh, <sighs> and so enough, enough to make you, uh, consider hanging up, you know, your cleats, so to speak with, yeah. the, with respect to the business. It seems, I mean, I, I am getting, so one of the tells that a infomercial is working is that it stays on TV, right? <laughs> uh, so like, is it sure. making money? It's still on TV. So the product still at least money. is making money. Yep. Um, I have gotten Pirani ads for at least a handful of weeks at this point. Yep. Um, I would turn it off if I could, but I don't know how. <laughs> are ads more effective these days than they have been in the past? How are you feeling in terms of uh, growing direct-to-consumer? Yeah, so um, I'm sure you're aware of the iOS 14 update mm -hmm. for audience that's not. Basically, over the course of three months, social media ads like Instagram and Facebook went from being... I don't know, efficiency of 70% or 80% to 5%. Like I heard people's companies that before the iOS update, they were doing $200,000 a month in sales and it dropped to $20,000 with similar ad spend because of how efficient the ads were. Um, and so we only ran ads really before the iOS update. Hmm. Uh, one of my good friends runs ads for a living. All he does is Facebook and social and Instagram ads. That's it. Yeah. Um, he works for Huggies. He works for big, big companies. Wow. Um, and so he was like, hey, I want to take on your ads and run them. I was like, I also want you to take them on <laughs> and run them. And he's like, wow. this is going to be easy. I'm going to knock it out of the park. Shooting fish in a Shoot barrel. Shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> That's exactly it. And so two weeks in, he's like, yeah, I'm going to keep trying. Something's not working. A month in. I'm watching our bank account go down. I was like, what, what, I thought this was a fish in a barrel situation. And long story short, it just didn't work. And so huh. we, we just tried and tried and tried. I, tr I actually spent like, I don't know, 100 hours taking online courses to understand yeah. how Facebook ads work, how Google ads work. Mm -hmm. um, I ran the ads myself. We hired another agency. Nothing worked. And so we ended up just calling it quits yeah. for a long time. Um, and about a month and a half ago, we started advertising again. Yeah. And the only reason we started advertising is we kind of found something that we know works. So working with influencers works really well for us. Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually exciting. So like, you know, influencers live this perspectively glamorous life. Like mm. you, it's, you're looking from the outside. You don't know. There's all kinds of sob stories about the reality of influencers. But regardless, um, there's this one girl or woman that we work with, her name is um, Brittany. She actually was on Shark Tank randomly. Hmm. Um, she, her company's called Addison Wonderland. Wonderland. Hmm. And so um, I reached out to her five months ago and she was like, yeah, I, I guess I'd be interested in doing this. And so the way influencing influencer marketing works is they get reached out to every day and they have to pick and choose the products that they use. But typically, sadly, there's a reality that a lot of influencers aren't truly in love with the products that they're speaking about. For sure. Because they're just getting paid. It's a job. Yeah. There's a reality that influencer marketing is a job. And so I am okay with that because it's working for us. So I'm, I'm going to let them get paid to influence. Um, the thing that's the most exciting is when this same influencer that has 200,000 followers, she charges $5,000 a post. She reaches back to us and says, hey, I use your cup 
every single day. Mm. Uh, I'm doing this trip for all, you know, I think she's doing this cool trip with like 16 or 20 or 25 people where she's bringing them to Greece. And she's like, I want to use your product to give away as a gift to all of the people coming. And like, she works with some big companies. Sure. So to me, that's like the most rewarding. So the fact that she, so influencer marketing has really worked. We took the content from influencer marketing. We targeting the people that we know follow. And so our, there's a, there's a measurement called ROAS, return on ad spend. Um, We're not profitable with our ads yet, but we, we used to average like when we did really, really bad, like two years ago when I told you it failed. I mean, it would be not uncommon for us to be at like 0.1 ROAS, mm. meaning every dollar, every $10, $10 we spend, we get $1 back in sales. Brutal. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> unless your return customer buys oh, yeah. 100 times more than they yeah, did no. on their first order. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, so, no, it doesn't. So we, we're wow. trying to get to right now with with where the ios stuff mm-hmm. is if we could get to like 1.5 we'll be good we're right at one right now so it's only been a month and that's by far the best we've ever done and so i'm pretty happy yeah. with our ads right now we Great. need to keep doing stuff and you know but um and i'm doing myself which is kind of exciting so yeah yeah dang <laughs> yeah i mean uh that's that sounds right one of the questions i had was like but you know your product is like it, it's one thing when like it's a very inexpensive product. I can imagine that being particularly hard these days, yeah. uh, trying to run ads to capture a customer and have that customer spend fifteen bucks, right? Like that's yeah. Does I don't know how people that almost can't be the Probably, growth yeah. at engine <clears throat> when the product's that type. Um, but I mean, your four pack, like if the concept's like the, the four pack, all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, there, there 100 is- bucks. There's a hundred bucks. There's something here that we can, uh, we can play with. Interesting. Well, w- one thing that's kind of interesting is since we've started running ads, we've had significantly more purchases of 200 to, I mean, we have every once in a while, we'll get an order for $500. Yeah. And so it is interesting that the ads are actually driving- Bigger purchase. Bigger purchases. So our average purchase value or average order value is $59 right now. About two. Yeah, so about two. Two, two and a quarter or something sure. like that. Um, and so the fact that we're selling like, you know, a lot more $250 orders, I think that's how the ads are actually working. And I think that's what we're going to try to figure out how to optimize the ads. Because then they're going to, you know, our, our the ads we run show how your cover can be converted. And so we want to get them people. The whole house, get, get rid of everything. Get rid of everything. Donate it. And, and then- so many people tell us, I bought one, I got rid of all my other cups, I only use Prani, I've got 10. A friend of mine um, owned a duffel bag business and they had a concept uh, in New York City specifically, but I'm sure all over, there are uh, these these bags that aren't particularly handsome called like banker bags or what are effectively known as banker bags. Typically it's like canvas bag, and like the handles or whatever say like city, city, city or okay, whatever, yeah. like Goldman, Goldman, Goldman. And, you know, the the interns get them, the first year analysts get them. Yep. And so uh, he they made these beautiful bags, Hudson Sutler, beautiful bags, canvas bags. Um, they did a effectively like a buyback program. It's like get rid of your, your, your banker bags oh. and we'll donate them. We'll get rid of them for you. And like somehow or another, 
like a donation-based campaign. Get rid of this stuff. You know, get rid of your chaos. I like that. And we can we'll we'll redo your countertop, your cupboard space, your there's a mental there's, perception. There's something there. So, so we're getting ready to buy a, a Sprinter van, mm-hmm. and I have a Prius, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to get rid of the Prius, and I'll just drive the, van, renter, the Sprinter van because it's going to have our branding all over it. Yeah. And so it's there's this mental, it'll be nice to be like, okay, well, we're offsetting the cost of this big fancy Sprinter van by selling my car. And so there, even if it's not a huge thing, even if we give a buyback of like $10 for all of your old cups, there's this mental like... Something. Yeah. So, something and and, like and whether or not like you know and uh whether it's an influencer or uh some sort of uh, affiliate right like they execute it yeah and you know it's their referral link and they sure. they validated that you've donated these things yep. um it, it's just interesting and that's where my mind went where it's like oh yeah then obviously you're you're by they'll buy eight yeah Forget about exactly two, they'll buy you know uh redo the whole house so our if, our e-commerce is up 130 percent this year um, and that's before the ads, by the way, because I know we just started, and we we haven't spent that much on ads. Just yeah. so you know, it's like I don't know, we've we've spent less than five grand this year on ads. Yeah. So, um, getting ready to double it, which I'm I'm nervous about, but <laughs> um, double double the 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 monthly the the daily spend. Um, but so our e-commerce is up over over a hundred percent this year on its own, like yeah. organically. And so I think the the music festivals are working. Yeah. And so I think this Q4 is going to be very, very, very good for us because there are, I think, I think this year, I think we've shipped 120,000 cups. Wow. Something like that. Sick. Yeah. And so 120,000, that's 120,000, even if, okay, if retail, maybe we're at like 75 to 80,000 new customers that we've got this year that have our product. And so... It's great. Yeah, we're up. We're up this year a hundred and eight percent for the year as well. So, anyways, and there's yeah. a lot of a lot of year left for those listening in the future. This is uh, yeah. not September yet, right? No. So there's a lot of time left. Yeah. Um, my two immediate questions: website is on Shopify. We we know that. Um, you've done something pretty interesting, I think, with the ability to make um, bundles. Yes. Right. So, uh, is that a custom? Uh, add-on did you take a uh, tech and kind of plug it in yeah right now we're actually just using uh it's just a bundle Bundle builder builder. or something yeah um and we're on the fence of whether we want to spend some money to customize it so that it's well branded and beautiful and works because right now it's it's kind of janky it's just out of the box but it's proven itself like we we get i don't know we probably get at least one to two bundles a day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we do okay with the bundle builders. Yeah. It se- it seems to me that there is an opportunity to like ramp yeah. your website. Oh up yeah. yeah. Into yeah. Uh, you know best practices e-commerce so that like it's bundled bundle baby bundle baby bundles. Yeah. All day like two more say you know get a free. <laughs> cup lid holder thing yep, right like exactly uh, a bunch of those different uh bells and whistles that you'll see but i i, well, I dig it well, one of the challenges we've had is as i mentioned we're a small team yeah and so like every time we bring on a new project it slows things down and so we just went live on netsuite uh which is like uh, solku we've taught we've had solku hurts. on yeah <laughs> we, we've had solku on pros and cons of netsuite huh 
I'm excited for those pros. (laughs) No, we've literally been live for two weeks on it. And so anyone you talk to will always tell you the first six months are miserable. Um, I have spent many, 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 many late nights, hours, hours and hours just grinding away of getting it working. But we have a mentor that's all he does is NetSuite development integration. And so he has been phenomenal. Wow. Um, and he told me that, so, so I, I'm, my, my background's in design. I've done tons of mechanical engineering. I've done electrical engineering and programming. Like I've done a lot of things. And I think at heart, I am just a problem solver. Like yeah. that's what industrial design and engineering do uh, or engin- do what they do. Um, and so I, he said that he's launched like 200 companies on NetSuite. And he said that where we are in two weeks is better than any company he's ever worked with. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, whether or not he's pulling my, t- I don't think he has any reason. <laughs> Why to, would he, yeah, Why would he so lie we're, about it? We're, no, we're, we're, we're pretty excited about that. But that has taken my attention from oh, everything, yeah. pretty much this whole month. Like I, I, if you talk to anyone from my staff, they'll, they'll say, Brandage, who I haven't seen him in, you know, a month. Yeah, so. He's in the net. He's in the net. So, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. So, uh, NetSuite is the uh, an enterprise version of a back end uh, product inventory management yeah. retail solution. The, the easiest way I, I tell people is QuickBooks is great, yep. but it's one part of a company. There's like before, before NetSuite, we had, I don't know. 10 different tools that all had to talk to each other, but they all talk different languages and they all talk at different times of the day yeah. and they all are trying to say something over top of somebody. Like, it's just brutal. And so NetSuite replaces all of them. And then the biggest thing is like, you think about what NetSuite does, is it is the most customizable tool that will allow you to get to the point where you're doing, like it's designed for companies that are doing a billion dollars a year. Yeah, more, yeah. Or yeah, or more. And so our company is not doing a billion dollars, but the last thing we want to do is be doing $30 million in QuickBooks and, and then try and transition. transition. My sister worked for a company, uh, be, my sister worked for a company and they do like $20 million a year and they got bought and they said that to transition, there, there's some things that aren't being told because it's more detailed, but yeah. long story short, it's a five-year transition. Oh, for sure. You know? So. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it seems insane. Like, to your point, there are certain things that are effectively one-way ratchets. And it's like, you don't all of a sudden cut 1% of your revenue uh, year 10. Yes. Like, that's, it'll, it doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, a month today versus five years, 10 years from now. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's it's funny you mentioned Solku. So one of the founders from Solku is our mentor, one of our mentors in a program that Mm -hmm. we're in. And she, about four months ago, I was chatting with about our situation with NetSuite. And I started telling her what we're doing and how we're doing it. And she was like, that's not possible. And I'm like, I promise it's possible. (laughs) I actually have learned so much more since then. And even more, like they use, they still use like middleware sometimes. Uh And we just completely got rid of almost every middleware tool. And now we just do, it's called like webhook and API calls. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so now all of our ship station integration is done through API. API, it's fantastic. And they do not do that. I know they use a program called Soligo and Soligo is great, but it's really, it's like, like 20 grand a year. So, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know how much it is for them, but I know sure, it can, it can be. be. It can, it can be, be twenty grand. Yeah, year, so. and that's just a that's just a middleman. Imagine, yeah. uh, dang. Yeah. Okay, so the website. I, I had a feeling uh, that bundles was going to be a big part. Yes. Um, talk to me about you know the the future. You know, Q four is going to be a great quarter. Uh, October, we're announcing product or yeah, new product launching, going live on Kickstarter. That'll be when ideal ship. When would when would people see it? Twenty twenty four. There is a small chance. Christmas. Small chance Christmas, but we will not promise Christmas. Uh, I'll 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 lean heavy on my factory, and they are they bend over backwards for us. So yeah. I'll lean on them to tell me what's doable before yeah. we launch, and then yeah. they'll we'll we'll. Dick so it's going to be an honest Kickstarter. It's not. Uh, yeah, no. it's not like oh, purchase orders already in. We're doing it. No, okay. no, no, because we have to. I mean, the tooling for this is going to be thirty grand, mm. and so like we could spend the money on the tooling. Like we can afford to do the tooling, but then we wouldn't be able to afford the inventory or whatever. So we're we're definitely. I mean, the middle of the Kickstarter, we'll have a pretty good indication of what we should do, and I'll I'll have the purchase order in probably within the first week of the Kickstarter um, yeah. because you can kind of see where things are going. Yeah. Um, so. it, it, Kickstarters look like, uh, you know, uh, the shape of a U, right? Yeah. So it's like big first day, if you did it right, final push on the last day. And Everything then there's, goes this, flat. there's this lonely period in the yeah. middle where it's like, are, are the ads working? Yes. Do, do our, have our emails been blocked? Are they going to spam? Like yeah. what is happening? And then all of a sudden, bang. Um, and anyone who has a, you know, trend line it's different than that it's only because their first day was awesome and then like there's a little bump of like pr or kickstarter add you to you. their email yeah. on friday or like you know yeah but it's not necessarily standard no. you have a good first day if you did it right and then a good last push because you've pestered people for several weeks and they're like all right i'll buy fine yeah. you're right I, I i think a lot of them look like lowercase cursive r's yeah or maybe not cursive, maybe lowercase non-cursive R. So just like a little, it's just like <laughs> yeah. a hump. I don't know what that curve is called. I'm bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's true. so yeah, so things that we've got coming, you know, as I mentioned, we aren't in the West Coast. So fingers crossed, and, and I don't know if they'll hear this or not, but mm-hmm. um, it's kind of exciting. Asheville's a tiny town. Yeah. Um, but there's a rep group, uh, a group of sales reps on the West Coast that we're trying to work with. Yeah. And we've been trying to work with them for, we've been kind of like secretly trying to work with them. We've been like slipping them hints, but they didn't come from us mm. type thing. Um, and so randomly that rep group, who's probably the best rep group in all of the West Coast, mm. or one of the top three at least, um, Solku's in it, Poppy's in it, French Broad Chocolate's in it. Yeah, wow. And so if... If they pick up Pirani, there will literally be four companies from the entire United States out of 40. So yeah. 10% of their line will be from Asheville. Nice. Small town. Small town. Nestled in the heart of the Blue Ridge Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that would be, that would really be something. It'd and be crazy. We've, we've talked a lot about rep groups earlier in the season. If you haven't, if that concept is, is new to you, um, Solku is a good example. Um, but a bunch of episodes we've talked about rep groups. That's exciting. Yeah. And so yeah. we're close. It's not a no ink. So I have met the owner once two years ago and he said, get out of my office basically. And I was like, <laughs> okay, we're small. I get it. Um, and then I haven't said anything to him since, but 
the two rep groups that we are currently, we're in three, yeah. two of them are very, very well respected yeah. and they know everybody. And so I said, I was like, I think I'm ready to shoot this guy an email. I haven't talked to him. I haven't yeah. done anything. So I sent the owner an email and 15 minutes later, I get a call from one of our rep groups, the principal of the rep group. And she's like, hey, Matt reached out. I told him nothing but great things. I was like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And then he called or he emailed and he's like, hey, I want to have a call. So we had a call for, I don't know, an hour and a half. And uh, he said he's going to share it with his team. I've already been slipping hints to his team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that, that, like, I know I know four or five of the team members already use Piranis. So that's there's not much more that I can do. If he doesn't want to do it, then that's, yeah. that's not, I can't do anything else for it. So Okay, yeah. awesome. So rep group new product Kickstarter. Yep. Um, and then something that's big is, so the festival we just came from, it was a pretty small festival. There was, I don't know, 12 or 15,000 people, um, re relatively speaking, a small festival. Um, but I made some really good connections. And so like, we're hoping that we can get into things like Lollapalooza mm. or Bonnaroo mm. or Summerfest. Like those are things that we're working. And I think there's a good chance because we're starting to get a really good reputation for how we work with the um, with the festivals. Love it. And once you get a good reputation and once you deliver, mm -hmm. they don't want to change. It's not it's not worth a headache. They just want they want turnkey. They want to say, Prani, I need twenty thousand cups done and that's there that's it that's the conversation yeah and that's kind of what we've been doing with them so yeah. I mean, on our end it's been a little more oh yeah <laughs> chaotic goodness, but, i can only imagine yeah so so that's a big part of it um and then we're going to be launching into the golf channel in january so Exciting. we're going to be doing pga show which is a big oh my god it's expensive it's the most expensive trade show that we will have done it's triple the cost of any other trade show wow so like a 10 by 10 normally is like like i said that one um it was 1700 17 is what we paid but yeah, normally but it's five. like four, four or five grand their 10 by 10 is like 16 grand so yeah very expensive wow <laughs> big, big difference when um yeah so i mean i i think when you talk about customer types it also makes some sense right like who who of us spends more discretionarily? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and we've already sold to the PGA. They, sure. They've already bought, I think they bought like 600 cups from us for the PGA senior tour. Cool. I don't know if that's what it's called, but something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, dang. Um, million questions. How would people find you on the internet uh, yeah. to, to follow along and be a part of this next Kickstarter? So you can go to our website. It's Pirani.life. That's P-I-R-A-N-I.life. No.com. Um, I always tell people we've spent a lot of money on SEO. So if you just search vacuum insulated red solo cup will be the number one that is there. If you type in stackable insulated tumbler, we're probably like number three because Amazon's got a lot of SEO. Yes. <laughs> and there's isn't even, it's just like plastic crap. But sure. yeah. So, um, but Pirani.life is uh, the, the easiest way. To awesome. Find us, and we'll have links on all of the different pages and show notes page. We're we are launching on Amazon after oh. two years of back and forth, but we are launching probably October first. We'll do like a soft launch, and then January first they'll do it's like an official launch. So we have a we're 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 part of a program that is you can't apply for. Amazon has to contact you. Huh. Um, and so they contacted us and they said, Hey, why aren't you selling on our website? 
naturally because they want their pennies from everyone and we're like i don't know so we said no for like the first year and they're like hey we want you to be on this program we're like no they're like we want you to be on this more exclusive program and we're like no and they're like okay well this is an invite only thing so anyways i don't even know what's called they don't even have a name for it like wow. what, what is this program called they're like well the I, I don't know the the facebook version of what i'm hearing you say of that has been um apparently exceptionally good to the businesses that are in that small group so yeah, um, cohort or whatever yeah I, I i would say based on this season's guests uh, amazon can be a uh, a brutal kind of partner but this version of amazon sounds pretty exciting yeah and we're not going to do it ourselves so sure we have a company that's going to manage it for us yeah all they do is that that and so as i mentioned i don't have time on a regular basis as yeah. is and so we're just going to pay a company to it's a percentage of sales yeah but, yeah yeah 2024 is going to be very interesting huh our goal is to double again next year as well and uh that is we we should be able to double without any fundraising if we do get some fundraising which we've been trying for a while but it's an awkward time of the world and uh maybe maybe not what what is the fundraising target uh so we are trying to raise a million bucks okay um we've got like four people lined up but we're trying to get a couple more lined up so that when we do it overnight we have work. well overnight we go from not having fundraising to having at least half of our fund ask yeah so then because if you if you raise fifty thousand dollars and you're trying to raise a million dollars it's not gonna be easy to raise the rest of the 950 understood but if we have six hundred thousand dollars raised that targets one the yeah. targets one everybody's gonna be like oh well it'll be easy it should be a lot easier to raise the other well if you'd like an intro to Brondage, uh, reach out to me. I'd love to help facilitate <laughs> this. I think it's very, I think it's super exciting. I, I will offline click into that more, potentially think about a version of the Making a Natural podcast where we get into numbers more aggressively than we ever had. If that's interesting to you, listener, reach out, let me know. Cause I, I, I your guys are onto something. Uh, the product's wonderful. The, the track record is, speaks for itself at this point. Um, very excited. So links to all things Pirani will be on the website on our show notes page for this episode. Um, cannot wait to see the product that drops via Kickstarter Me and either. what happens in 2024. <laughs> so thank you for being yeah. on the show. And something I was going to say is yeah. we'll, we'll create a coupon code yes. for your audience. Uh, it'll be 10 or probably 15% off. Awesome. That's what we'll do. Um, and it'll be I, I don't know what the domain, but it'll be... Links will be... Links will be in the, in the, show, in notes. the show notes. We'll yeah. make sure that you know because you've listened all the way to the cheap seats of this episode, to so the nosebleed section, uh, to the waning minutes. <laughs> you specifically will have a discount um, and we'll make that as available and as public as possible. That's so awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for, for having us. Yeah. Sure. 